Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Tune it in, turn it up, and rip off the knobs. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, and everybody else. I'm Jeff Fader, Fader Knives. I'm here with Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and that's it. No Craig. <laughs> no no Craig. fucking Craig. No fucking Ben Snoor. Yes, we had... This has been a day of nothing but trouble. Nothing this is but like trouble. Our, this is like our fourth or fifth go at this, right? This is probably our fourth <laughs> or fifth go at this, and it's annoying <laughs> as fuck to the point where I'm just like, let's just all go home. This is bullshit. Let's just go home. Um... What happened was, is early this morning, I got a message from Craig that uh, there was work being done on his road in the town that he's in. And part of that work had to do with the uh, internet. So all the internet and Wi-Fi was cut off and he was without uh, any kind of uh, internet, Wi-Fi, whatever. So he started texting me from uh, the McDonald's uh, drive-through. He he loves the McDonald's drive. He's he goes to the McDonald's drive-through way more than I would imagine. But <laughs> fine, you know. Does he message you from there often with his he, Royale with cheese? No, but I know that he. I know that when his wife Amy had gone away and he was alone with the kids, I know that his move was to take them to McDonald's. <laughs> hey, remember that? You, know, you got to live your best life. He was living his best life. So he was texting. He said he was texting me from using the Wi-Fi at McDonald's and probably stuffing his face with French fries and then having a Big Mac 
and then and then getting all his he said he was downloading as many videos as he could because he didn't think he was going to be able to get any wi-fi for the weekend so we were bummed out because you know now that we're taking phone calls it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's been it's changed the, the dynamic of this podcast completely so we were thinking well what can we do because craig has the the board and he because he runs the board we can't take phone calls we could you know i don't want to take our phones and stick them up to the microphone and and no. I, it just it sounds like shit and and the fact is is just like i don't you know it's not gonna work so we made an idea. I said, well, you know, maybe we can get a fill-in. And once in a while, we'll have a fill-in. Um, but it was very late notice. And I actually sent a message to our friend, Ben Snoor. And he was, he's like, I'll be your fill-in. And it would have been great. Because then, you know, all of a sudden, you have this completely different voice from Ben, from Craig. And, you know, he'll make some French jokes and stuff like that. And, you know, you get a cowboy <laughs> this and whatever. And then we had him on. And something's going on in Clarendon, Texas. Because he, his, 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 his his feed was a, a minute, at least a minute behind ours, and we just couldn't make it work. So we're very sorry that he couldn't make it, but we're here, and we'll be taking phone calls next week. And look, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? How, how have you been, Mareko? I've been all right. I've been all right. I, uh, I've been uh, productive in the shop. I got uh, another knife mailed out this last week. I got uh, some steel, a new crazy pattern I'm working on, or at least crazy to me. I don't know. I've never seen anybody do it before. Um, and That's exciting. I, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm kind of um, kind of messing with it before I really go for it with s- some different material. I just, I'm just making this from some scrap stuff, kind of quote-unquote scrap stuff I have laying around, yeah. um, just to kind of work out any kinks that need to be figured out before I really go for it. Um, and, and basically use a whole billet. This is just, like I said, it's just scrap material. So this is, it's only about three cubic inches. It's not really that much material. Um, I might be able to get like a paring knife out of it or something, but it should be cool. Uh, and hopefully I'll have something to post this, this week. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just getting ready. Uh, things are, I'm, oh, you know what? So as we record today is Friday, I'm getting my second COVID shot today. Um, I'm not too sure how I'm going to feel this afternoon or this evening, I guess. But tonight is we, my brothers-in-law and I don't get together very often to just hang out the three of us. And tonight is one of our nights where we, we get together, we do some barbecue, we get whiskey and beer out and we, we watch some movies and talk shit and whatever. And it's always a good time, but I'm kind of worried that it's going to mess me up if I try to drink too much or anything. So I got to keep wow. that dialed back tonight. It's interesting that you say that because okay, I had it. my second COVID shot on Tuesday. Okay. And I have a very funny story about this, my COVID shot. I now I feel I feel fine. I felt fine afterwards. Sure. I was worried because a lot of people are getting bad reactions. Even the guy I even the, the pharmacist said, you know, people are getting bad reactions. Don't like stress about it. I didn't have bad reactions. My arm was a little bit sore the next day, but I didn't have any reactions. But I'll tell you the funny story. And this, I hope this doesn't happen to you. So I had the second COVID shot. I went down to the pharmacy and we know the pharmacist because the pharmacist is involved with the place that my wife works in. And so I kind of had the white glove service to a certain degree. Um, (laughs) So I was talking to him for a while and then they said, oh, we're ready for your shot. And, 
you know, I, I go into the room and then there was this young woman who was talking to this young man and the young woman was the supervisor and the young man was like, and I didn't really know what they were talking about, but they were like hush, hush you know, kind of hushing. And I heard the supervisor say to the young guy, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. I believe in you. Just do your thing. You'll be fine. Everything will be fine. And in my mind, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my God, this is the first time he's ever done this. This is the first shot he's ever given or something like that. And so in my oh. mind, my mind immediately goes to like, well, what do you do? And right. do you do, would you do, am I going to be a Karen and saying, I don't want a shot from a guy who's never done it before, and which is only going to make things worse. So my mind is spinning like, what do you, how do you behave? And I'm thinking to myself, like, at least, you know what, these students got to learn somehow, right? You know, I, I had a friend of mine who was a tattooist. It was his first time doing tattoos. And I said, all right, you can do it to me. It's fine. You can't make them nervous. So I thought, well, all right, well, I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk to the supervisor and not look at the guy. And then I'll, and then I'll just let him do his thing. How bad can it be? How bad can it be? In, in my mind, as soon as I think of how bad could it be, it's like he jams it in, he slips, and then he breaks the needle off in my arm. That's to me is how bad it could be. That to me is how bad it could be. That in my oh, mind immediately goes. Yeah, so I'm talking to the supervisor, and I just decided that I'm just going to not even focus on the student. I'm just going to focus on the – and at the time, we heard they're having problems with, you know, there's six people who had problems, six women who had problems with the Johnson Johnson. So I'm like, oh, well, tell me more about this. And So the guy goes – the guy, the student says to me, um, I'm going to be administering the uh, – this your second vaccine. He's very by the book. I'm administering sure. your second vaccine. Which arm would you like to be like? Eh, left arm fine. Probably so I take my shirt off. Of course, yeah. Of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing my like. My, for, of course, I'm wearing the "Don't Die" T-shirt from uh, "Make Every Make Everything Shop," and I got like, tattoos. I'm probably I'm as intimidating as possible. You know, the, the sure. sleeves of tattoos. I, I, you know, I probably smell terrible, and I'm just like, I'm probably not the guy that this guy wants to, you know. So in my mind, I'm thinking. Oh, I'm well, and let's be honest, your your resting face is kind of a resting asshole oh, face. Total resting asshole <laughs> face. A hundred percent. You are a hundred percent. I mean, I, I I do too. I don't look pleasant. Just I do fair. not look pleasant. <laughs> it's I'm, I don't take that as a as an insult at all. You're a hundred percent right. It is completely resting asshole face. Completely. But at the same time, we're in the mask. Well, can you really read from a person's eyes anyway? You know. So sure. Right. So I decide I'm going to talk to the woman. I talk to her, and then all of a sudden he goes, okay. Um, I'm going to administer the shot. And I said, okay, give him hell. And I was like keeping it quiet, not looking at him, talking to the woman. And then I'm talking to the woman and he goes, are you ready? And I said, I'm ready. And then he's, I'm going to do it now. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. And I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to look at him. I'm just like, just do the fucking shot, dude. But I don't want to say anything because I don't want to make him nervous. And then he finally, after, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going in. Are you sure you're ready? I'm like, all right, come, come on, man. So I, he gives me the shot, and then afterwards he lets out this giant sigh of relief. Oh my god! Uh, just like that, I'm not an adver- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, not even. Uh, I'm not exaggerating at all. Yeah. I said. I said. Was that the first shot you've ever given? He goes. Yeah. And I said, I didn't want to say anything because I want to make you nervous. And he goes, thank you so much. I was so nervous. And he's like, I'm looking at your tattoos. I don't know where to put the goddamn needle. And he's like a freaking out. I'm like, you did a good job. I'm like, you did a good job. And I, and I said, you did a good job. And then, I, and then he was just like, it was like he had this like emotional breakdown because it is the first shot he'd ever given anybody. Right. So all was well that ends well but i don't know, you know, i feel fine um it was funny I and mean, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do right. am i gonna like t- 
tell them, give me somebody else. I'm like, you know, guy got to learn somehow. Oh, he just, then, he just um, needs to find a focal point to focus on on your tattoo. Like, I don't know what you got on the back of your left or right shoulder. Maybe it's a tiger's eye or something like that. Or tar- he, do you have an actual target on your shoulder? I ha- On my right <laughs> side, I actually do have a target. And then, but, but nobody, and then, but the, here's, the, here's the thing about shots. And if you have tattoos, if you have tattoos, I'm going to give you a piece of advice that I've learned um, a long time ago. I don't like shots. Since I was a kid, I used to hate getting shots. I hated getting shots. And I would beg the, the pediatrician, please, please, we've put people on the moon. Why do I have to have a shot? I have all the reasons, the perfect reasons in the world why you shouldn't have to. Why can't I have a pill? Why do I have to? So one time I had these tattoos and I went to see this, get a shot for something. And this nurse says to me, I love guys like you. Guys like you, I love guys like you. The guys with the tattoos are the first ones to pass out. I love it. I can't wait. How much do you weigh? Because I look forward to <laughs> me. I'm going to have to figure out how many people are going to have to pick you up off the ground. And I was so like, you know, you fuck you. I'm not, I'm not passing out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at you in the eye. I'm not only that, I'm a smile. So I smiled. Yeah. I looked at her. I said, go ahead. And I looked at her eye and I smiled. And I was just like, you're not going to get that satisfaction out of me. And ever since then, I have been the most compliant shot taker because mm, I refuse sure. to be anyone's joke. Ah, uh, so I like that. There sure. you go. Yeah, you know, I used then, to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead, no. I, well, so regarding needles, uh, like I've... I think when I was a kid, I used to hate getting shots, but I think I was about 20, 19 or 20 years old when I gave blood for the first time, like donated blood. Oh. And, and it was the first time I'd basically really gotten shots as an adult or or had a needle stuck in me and it's obviously it's in the pit of your elbow um so you can see it and as it's happening and i just and the needle is like fucking gigantic right gigantic it's like it's like a 16th of an inch drill bit almost it's, it's, it's like it's huge. that size. it's fucking huge <laughs> and i just watched it and i was just like and watched it go in and started and they put the thing in all the blood starts coming out and filling up the bag and i was like that's fucking crazy like to me it was like a curiosity so yeah. at, at that point i was like this is wild and so they're like okay thanks for giving blood i need you to sit here and drink or drink some juice and eat a cookie and you can't come back for whatever it's like 55 days or something like that and i'm like sign me up i'm coming back back as quick as possible which is weird you enjoyed it i thought it was super interesting uh i never like i've never done any hard drugs or anything but i was just like this is a fucking trip it was like i was i was like outside myself observing this thing happen and wow uh, it was the same thing when i went when I got my wisdom teeth pulled, I, I only did local anesthetic because I wanted to experience <laughs> having my teeth pulled out of my face. It's what? Like this weird masochistic thing. <laughs> that's cr- that's crazy, Craig. This is turning into the full blast podcast real quick. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You you. I had to get pulled. I had to get knocked out completely. Oh, I loved it. I couldn't. I, it was I didn't really want anyone anything to do with it. Oh, I don't want anything to do with it. The guy, the guy pulling out my teeth, he was an awesome dentist, but he was a very small, like Vietnamese man, and one of the teeth was impacted, which means instead of growing up like the rest of your teeth do, it was uh, growing towards the rest of the teeth, um, and so he had to like cut on it before he even pulled it out, like got vice grips in it. And first, he actually had to size up in his vice grips, and he had to end up like standing next to me on the seat he's standing on the seat where my ass is and he's pulling on my face and he finally 
He finally gets it out and he hits my top teeth and I'm just laughing. And he thinks I'm like, oh, 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 like, <laughs> like hurting. But you're laughing. Like, Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I gave him a big thumbs up and this, the, whatever smile I could give him with my face all numbed up. And I was just, I thought it was the funniest thing. Um, so yeah, that's, I do, that's, I do weird That's crazy. Like that. Did it make like a popping sound? <laughs> <laughs> the tooth comes out. <laughs> no, no, uh, I don't remember. I just, I just remember the pliers hitting my top teeth, oh, um, and god I thought it was damn. hilarious. And he almost fell down and shit. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." I'm glad I didn't go under for this. <laughs> like this is I, to me, it was just like it was a trip. It was a wild. Ex- it was an interesting experience. I've always been interested in having these oddball experiences, and those are obviously very minor things. But um, I, I've. If I have an opportunity for an interesting or weird experience, I try to take it for sure. Before we tell you, before I tell my, uh, before I tell my my wisdom teeth removal story, <laughs> Brian, tell us about the what who's sponsoring us. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. That's right. Even heat. If you go to soulceramics.com, uh, there's they're distributing the even heat ovens. So if you look in the show notes, there's actually a link in the show notes that will give you $75 off your even heat. Now listen, guys, we've been doing pretty good with soul ceramics and even heat, and they don't have them on stock. So you're gonna they're gonna be making them to order. So there might be a little bit of wait, but go to soul ceramics, um, follow the link in the show notes. It'll get you $75 off your even heat. Now let's yeah. get back to the to tooth talk because uh, <laughs> tooth all of a sudden it's, listen, Craig's not yeah. here. He can't steer the ship. We're doing the best we can here. Um, I have a shot. To, I have a shot story, but I want to just get it back into the, 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 when I had my wisdom teeth taken out, the dentist said to me, most people do it twice because it's too much pain. And I'm like, why would you just, why wouldn't you just do it all at the same time? I said, they're mm. not, they're going to knock me out. Right. And they said, yeah, you can go to a guy's and knock you out. So I thought, well, I'm just going to do it all in one shot. And she's just like, that. she's like, people normally do that. And I was like, I'm not going to do this twice. So I went to a person that my mother had gone to. And my mother hated this oral surgeon. She despised him because he was oh, a cool. great Italian and he was like this goomba kind of guy. And it was like really like she just thought he was like very déclassé, And he was just like she just would just say terrible things about this guy. So when they knocked me out, they knocked me out completely. And then um, they took all my teeth out. And probably what you were doing, like they were standing on the chair with the pliers yanking my teeth out. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. And then apparently what I said when I was waking up after the surgery was done, I was sitting in the, I guess I was talking to the surgeon afterwards, basically saying my mother was wrong about you. And I just it turned it, it was like, truth oh, I was just like, yeah. I was like, my mother was completely wrong about you. You're not a piece of shit kind of guy. You're not a goomba. You're not a. And I was just like, everything she had said to me, I was just like, I don't know what she's talking about. You're not some grease ball from Staten wow. Island. You're great. You did a great job. And then they put me in a closet. And then I guess I was singing ACDC in the closet. On and the then, highway to hell? Whatever. I don't know. So it was something. And then they went out to my wife and they said, all right, who's who's taking Vince Vaughn home? And then that was me. And then my wife talked me home. And that was the end of that. But now back to the shots. I'll so tell wait you a, a crazy second. How old were you when you got your wisdom teeth out? 
Uh, it was a couple Most years people ago. do it like in high school. Holy oh, shit! No, no, a couple I did years it a couple ago. Years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, oh, it was wow. like five or six years ago. It was like it had okay. to be. I mean, I never. I had one dentist, and we're. It seems like we're not going to get very far in this show, but I'm having a good time, and the listeners will too. I had a dentist in New York who I believe was scamming me, because I oh, cool. only seem to have had uh, cavities with her, and. I had gone to three different dentists, one when I was younger, one to this particular woman, and then my current one now, and I only got cavities with this one person in New York. So I fucking, you know, who knows what they were telling. I mean, they should have taken, at that rate, they should have taken my teeth out Oh, my God. But uh, back to the shots, and then maybe we'll do some knife talk. The, The last time I had real shots, we had, and some of our listeners are probably very rural, and they know all about bats. We had a bat come into our house one night, and I didn't realize they slipped through this crack between the window and the air conditioner. And I didn't I had no idea. I was sleeping like crazy, but the the cat was jumping up on the bed, and it was just the cat was just jumping like high in the air off the bed, and we just didn't understand it. And Hillary just me, like, I think there's something in the room. And then I stood up, and this bat hit me in the head. <laughs> And then we figured out there was a bat. Now, I grew up, my dad had a place in the country. We had, you know, we had bats. And you just get them and get them out the window or whatever. We, sure. weren't, we weren't really worried about it. But my wife, who's a, you know, epidemiologist, nurse practitioner, she was, you know, for the rest of the night, she's up on, you know, reading about rabies. And because it, like, hit my head and because it hit her a little bit, she was convinced that we need to get rabies shots. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get rabies shots in in new york no idea she called the department of health who lost their fucking minds and and basically they were mad that i didn't catch the bat because what they would do is you're supposed to catch the bat and then they give it to somebody grind that little bastard up and they figure out if you got rabies or not and because i like you know i was like I opened the window, I shoot him out the window, went back to sleep, and she's like, I think we're supposed to catch it. I'm like, well, we're not catching it now. With with your bat trap that you keep in the bedroom closet? Dude, there are videos videos of people with coffee cans, and they'll take a coffee can and put it against, they'll catch the bat by putting it against the coffee can and sliding like a piece of paper behind it, and then they wrap it up and then they, you know, bonk it over the head. I don't know what the hell they do with it, grind it up in the food processor and see if it's got rabies. I got you. So Hillary was like... Hillary got to the point where she's like, we may have been exposed to rabies and here's the problem. There is no cure for rabies. So we really need to go and figure, and this, the Department of Health wants us to go and get rabies shots. Like, Hillary, this is no way we're going to rabies from this thing. We end up going to the hospital and they are ready for us. And we go into this room and this they're nurse in comes in and everything. <laughs> not not ha- no, but I mean they're just like they're all fired up because there's not a lot of calls for like people with rabies, so they're just ready to give us the preventative rabies shots. The woman comes in and she's got a handful of shots. It's like I referred to it as a bouquet of shots because it was so many shots in her hands. It was like her whole she couldn't her thumb and her 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 ring finger couldn't touch. It was like seven or eight shots in one hand. I'm oh, thinking, wow. all right, they're gonna they're gonna divide it up between the two of us. No, they did it based on weight, and because I'm so much bigger than my wife, I ended up getting seven shots in the ass. Like holy smokes! I, I mean, it was crazy. And then it turns out because there's not that many cases of rabies in New York, 
they had run out. This, there were no supplies. So if like there was a rabies outbreak in New York, people are going to fucking be frothing and they're going to just die. And the other thing is, is that was the thing with the rabies. Hillary says, listen, we have a young child. Right. This happened when she was young. We can't both die of rabies. We have to go get shots because it's just, it's just totally inappropriate. So then we had to do three, two, three more sets of boosters. It was such a production. Just my wife and I wiped out the rabies vaccine supply of Westchester County. And it was like, I'm telling you, it was the I stupidest thing of all time. That is so ridiculous, stupid. though. Hey, hey, hey. I'm telling you, man, just careful. Yeah, everybody, watch out on them bats. Next time, I don't know what I'm supposed to do next time. I'm just not opening the windows, I guess, next time. It's like he got in through a crack. So, welcome to Knife Talk, everybody. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking <laughs> rabies shots. We're talking getting teeth removed. Um, why don't we get into it? We already did the even heat. So, um, hey, Brian, we're going to ask some questions. What do you think? Hey, man, can I ask you a question? All right. So this is Hey Man, Can I Ask You a Question? This is a part of the show where you get to help drive the conversation, ask us a question. We'll do our best to answer it. We don't know always know the answers, um, but we know a lot of people who do. So maybe sometime <laughs> we'll get back to those questions that we can't answer. Anyways, uh, I'll kick it off right here with this first one from Blaine Wilkins. Uh, he says, Hey Man, Can I Ask You a Question? How thick should scale liners be? If you want to use a colored liner and get a nice color pop against wood scales. Thanks, guys. Blaine W. I think this is more of a question for you. Well, here's the here's the thing with color theory. You know, I, when I first started doing it, I was using very thin liners. And it does give you a little, especially, I mean, obviously with a full tang knife, the little liners will make, if you're doing file work especially, it'll make it pop. It'll also kind of help with, you know, the, the, the differentiation between the everything like that. But, like, if you want colors to pop, you need different sizes and different gradations mm. and different colors. So it's really, I, I think it's, it's, as, it's, more, it's almost as important, if not more important, to have different thicknesses because that's what makes that kind of radiation. And there's a couple books. Um, there was a book that Holly Loftus sent me. It was this color, it was a Japanese color design book. She sent me a link to it, and I got it. It was basically how colors play upon themselves. Hmm. I would strongly suggest that the listeners of our podcast get involved with, like, get a color wheel. You know, see how, you know, primary sure. colors work together. See how colors, contrasting colors, see what works and doesn't work. And really kind of, like, look at it. But, but also, play with thicknesses. I would say with play with thicknesses. And with that said, if you want to send a DM, you can DM us uh, your questions. Um, Brian, how can we, how can our listeners DM us a question? Contact us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. It's that easy. You know, put it in again right there. So there you go. So, <laughs> so you set it into Knife Talk on uh, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. That's also how you can call in when we do call in. Today we ain't doing any calls, just getting out of work because uh, Craig ain't here. Um, yeah. So. I'll add a little bit to that last question. Go so ahead. when I did, I did uh, a short, uh, like what I do, five knives, uh, my Smith and Bard run of, oh, yeah. kind of production knives. Yeah, I did a white paper micarta liner underneath the wood. They all had wood handle scales, but they had the paper micarta underneath. And uh, my goal with that was for it to kind of frame 
act as a frame, almost like a border on some like photographs. Yes. You know, when you used to get them printed in the old days, um, and sometimes you could opt for a white edging around the, the border around the, the the image and so um i wanted to kind of because the wood was beautiful so i wanted to kind of frame it and kind of also have it kind of on display along with the the, the knife and so i used uh the paper micarta and it framed it really nicely and it you know it's 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 almost kind of like a bone white so it's not a stark white and so it kind of it works across a lot of different colors uh and uh, it worked really nicely. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it, and I'll definitely be doing more of that in the future. Um, I really, I really think that that those liners, like I know a lot of people just go with the thin liners and stuff like that. I think that if you play with thickness, I mean, I usually opt for sixteenth and above, but I also like to fool around. Like, I'll if I'm just doing a G10 color, I'll do like my outside layer will be three eighths. Three sixteenths. My outside sure. scale, the one scale is three sixteenths, and yeah. then I'll do an eighth, and then maybe even a sixteenth or a, 16, a thirty second, and then alternate the sizes and the colors. The reason why I put three sixteenths on the outside is so the Corby bits have something to grab, because I, I don't right. want to go all the way through the Corby bit, all the way through the three sixteenths. I want the Corby bit to be to grab. That's one thing that you got to realize when you're using fooling around with thicknesses and liners is you want to make sure that if you're depending on what you're using obviously if you're using pins or something like that you don't have to worry about it so much but if you want to grab on mechanically grab on then you really need to kind of um you need to fool around with those thicknesses to make sure that your corbys are going to do and with that said also you know the people who make corby bolts uh, some of these places have different thicknesses of shank and that it will help you also determine um, how thick you can go with the layers because if you can get a shank that's an inch and an eighth and that is going to give you more shank and thread than an inch and you might not need so much or you might not need a lot or you might need some so sure. um, that was a good question that was a real good question um, sure. the next one comes from uh, oh, I skipped over Hendrik Golden Hendrik Golden says, hey, cuties, can I ask you a question? Over the last 15 months, I've been a student of YouTube University and books and teaching myself to forge on some weekends. Not to toot my own horn, but I think I've gotten rather good. Um, I've, never, <laughs> um, I've never taken a class, but I'm finally scheduled one uh, at the New England School of Metalwork in July. I know... I know for near certain that I have some basics uh, messed up in my head, although I couldn't tell you which. How can I loosen up my brain for the class um, so that I will learn correct techniques? I would hate to drive all the way to Maine from Wisconsin and get stuck in the wrong ways. Thanks for making me cackle like a mental patient whenever the heck I happen to be listening to the podcast. Hmm. Good question. How should you go into classes? So right off, I would say right off the bat, I, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but this guy, it sounds like maybe he's in his late teens, maybe early 20s, the way he's he's talking and the way he's um, wrote this question. I think I think my best advice would to be to go in and try to be as much of a blank slate and as open to the learning as possible. Yes. You know, I, I understand you've seen a lot of stuff on YouTube. You've read a lot of stuff in the books, but you're there paying and the classes aren't exp inexpensive They're you know, but you're paying for somebody to teach you something. So allow yourself to be open to what they are teaching you. Um, I think that would be my biggest, uh, 
Yeah, that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent accurate. I tell you what, back in the day before I did any kind of blacksmithing, I know that when cooks used to come into the kitchen, the guys in the kitchen would hate it when they would say, I learned how to do this from so-and-so and such and such. You have to go in with a blank slate. And to the point where the last class I took, which was maybe four years ago, I took a class at the Center for Metal Arts with Nick Anger. And when we taught, he knew that I made knives. And he also knew that I used to work at the, at the school. And when I took the class, I decided I'm going to make this knife the way he says to make it. And I'm going to use the techniques that he says. I'm going to unlearn it. And at one point, he, I was asking him a question. He says, you know how to forge you do it? And I said, yeah. He says, you make knives? No, just do go for it. And I said to him, like, Nick, I'm here to learn the way you make knives. If I wanted right. to make knives by myself, I'd just go back to the shop. And it was and it was great because it was very liberating because it's almost like a discipline of how you can listen and how you can pay attention. And the whole story, I, my old art teacher used to say, draw what you see, not what you know. Mm. You're going to learn so much more. You'll take away so much more if you can just kind of like, just relax, just relax. They know what they're doing. The New England School of Metalwork, by the way, premier uh, school for knife making, bladesmithing, blacksmithing. And it, it's hard. It's, it's, I mean, that, them and the Center for Metal Arts, I mean, it's just hard to be either, either one of them, but you can actually definitely go and, and do it. I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing how it goes. Um, but you have to just like, they, they're, they're not going to be impressed. They're not going to step up and say, you know, Nick Rossi ain't going to say, hey, this, this kid should teach the class instead of me. They're going to think you're obnoxious. Because that's yeah. what happens. I remember Uri Hoffi, when he used to teach classes and dudes would not do what he said, and they would do it the way they do it, he'd, he'd light them up. But then he'd say, this is the way we do it in whatever. And he said, well, then fucking go back to wherever. He used to get furious, <laughs> and he's crazy anyway. But like yeah. he would say, then what are you doing here? If you want to do it your own way, what are you here for? You're not, you're not, you're not getting a job here. You, you, you paid to take this class, to so take the class. That's what yeah. I would say. Um... I don't know much more to add than that. I mean, just, I would no. say you can have a good time. You know, that's the best part. You're just going to have a good time and just do what they tell you to do. And you're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn a lot. I love those guys. You were at the uh, New England School of Metalwork. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't you? For sure. Yeah. I was, I, and I, at that point, I had already worked for Bob Kramer for three years. I've been making knives on my own for two years, already forging integrals and selling work. And, and, um, and I, I went in there looking to, just like you were saying about uh, Ori Hafi, it's just, or, or your thing with Nick. I was like, I, I took that class with that particular teacher because I wanted to know and pick his brain about how he makes knives. Right. I didn't, I wasn't going there to basically, you know, see how he makes stuff and then espouse on what I've learned or what I know. I wanted to. I I was there to just shut my lips and take in what I could, and uh, and it was it That's was a really great said. experience. Yeah, that was for Craig. That <laughs> was for Craig. Christ. That was hundred percent for Craig. Craig's not here. I gotta give it to. I gotta. I got I know what you're saying. I mean, shut your lips and take it all in. That's what she said. I mean, he, he's not here. Gotta say that. I mean, I would be remiss w- if I didn't he would do say that. It. Yeah. Sorry. That was not was an it? intentional setup. That's the best part. That's the best part. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say about that? That that is the that is one thing that that I I think that relaxing, enjoying yourself. If you made knives and then you went to a place and then made the same knife that you could make at your home, I don't think it's money well spent. 
I think it shit needs to look completely different than your style, and that's how you're yeah. going to do it. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you take the next one? Yeah. All right, this next one is from Lucas Hansen. Uh, he says, what are some of the more outlandish cases or uh, carriers for knives that you've seen? Sayas, blocks, vegan faux leather sheaths. What's on the cutting edge of wrapping your unit? Wrapping your unit. That's another one. Mm-hmm. There's a, that's what she said, right? I, Craig, I'm, I'm listening. I know you're out there listening, Craig. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to take, I'm trying to pick up for you. How do you wrap your unit? Yeah, I'll tell you so, what I don't do. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I, I hate those. When I first started in, I got those cardboard sleeves that says caution sharp. I fucking hate those things. They look terrible. They look terrible when you send them. That The sheath thing is really like, it is important because how you send it is, it's important. If you're going to get one of those cases and stuff like that, you want people to be fired up when they open them up. You know, you, don't, right. you just don't want to wrapped up in bubble wrap. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I I like what you're doing with the the size. And excuse the that little bit of extra noise. I got oh, we got the electrician here it. doing some work. Um, um, and you know, ask something him, I, we'd ask him a question at <laughs> some point. We see what he has to say. <laughs> the person on the podcast, maybe a third. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. I, something I've been doing more with my size is wrapping the insides with leather. I really like leather sheaths, and I like, especially like with the Damascus, I like trying to protect the surface as much as possible. And wood's great, but I, you know, I make the the size out of all kinds of material, and some of it's even been stabilized. And the the last thing I need is for you know some, a hard granule of something getting in there and rubbing up against the blade and getting all messed up. And so by having um, the surface of that kind of protected with the leather, I think, is is uh, has really kind of been my upping or the way I've been upping my game. But I think like Yellow Hosenberg does these leather sheaths for his chef's knives. I think they're absolutely beautiful. They're you know they're straightforward, um, but they they add that little extra something to that that I guess the overall customer experience because that's also part of it too is like you know when somebody unboxes the thing and opens it up what's their experience in that you know you don't right. want it wrapped up in a bunch of like old newspapers or, or toilet tissue or something like that right like you want it to be a really nice experience because this is their first introduction to the thing that they just bought from you and and it's like the stepping off point of the relationship their relationship with you as well as with that thing um and so i think you know i've been so the size i've been sending i send uh, all the stuff, all my knives and stuff in a uh, in a soft, like a padded z- zipper pouch case too, right? Like those Ace cases, um, and they don't and they don't like slide through. Not well. I've I've been also using so I've been using inch one inch uh, insulation foam board to kind of act as a border. So I basically I'll cut out a piece of insulation foam board um, to kind of fit on the inside of that um, pouch. Oh. And then I, I lay the pro, the knife down and cut out the profile, and then I put the knife in inside that profile. And so, and I also kind of make sure that the edge and the tip are wedged into the material. And it's soft enough; it's not going to mess up the finish or anything on the right. blade. But it's dense enough that if you if you drop it, it's not just going to go shooting through the pouch. Um, you probably don't need all of that. Maybe just like a block at the tip would help. Um, but I've just been encasing the whole thing. So I'm not going to say that's what she said. 
because okay. I'm just not really. I just have had it. With it's that. been a lot already. But you know, you understand. You understand what I'm saying. Yeah. The yeah. weird. What do you th- just out of curiosity? What do you think about magnetic uh, boards for people hang up on the pick their knives up on their wall? What do you think about those? I think they're all right. I think, I, especially for Damascus pieces. I mean, even with uh, mono steel pieces, I would be concerned about if it's just a straight up metal magnet about it scratching the shit out of the knife. But if you Me have too. one of those wooden wooden coated ones with like uh, the the rare earth magnets embedded from the backside kind of thing, um, that's another what that's what she said. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, then, then the wood surface w- will do a little bit more to kind of protect the knife, any any knife, whatever, whether it's mono steel or Damascus, um, when it is kind of sticking on that, on that. Because I uh, always get worried block, that like magnetic block. the the magnet is actually gonna if you're straight on a magnet or even like I actually have seen them on like you put a piece of blue tape over the magnet, they're still mm, gonna sure. like it's still if it's a if it's a carbon steel knife, I feel like it's still gonna rust. You know, I've seen oh, it, rust, sure. you know, so I just, I, I get really worried about most of those kind of, uh, those magnetic knife blocks. I'm not for it, but in regards to weird sheaths, you know, who does it, you should see what he, what is your, what does your electrician use? I hear him. He sounds good. What does he use? For, don't ask him, don't worry about him. Um, you know who, you know who is using a Kydex that I really like is Nick Rossi. He's got this like, he's got this Ross, he's got this leather. It's like a leather looking Kydex. It's Weird. got like, it's an interesting texture. It's like a different texture than what I normally see. Okay. And that I really, I really like that. I like that idea that it's like different. It's different. And I know that there are all these um, companies that are making like almost uh, like carbon fiber versions of, of, uh, of Kydex, I like all that shit. Sure, sure. I haven't sure. seen anything weird. I mean, you know, you see, you know, blocks, but I don't see anything weird. No. I love the fact that we're this. This is like a cursed day for everything. I'm, it really is. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. You guys back there, fucking yeah. good. I hope he asks. I hope he asks if, if you could pass him something because that would be funny too. All right, so I'm gonna skip down to Ben Stark. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ben Stark says, uh, "Do you guys ever use belt grease when grinding? I've gotten some mm. combat in the past, uh, combat abrasives, and I'm never sure if it's really helping or not. I feel like it's keeping things cooler, but ends up clogging the grid up a bit. Have you ever? Do you put grease on the on your belts? <laughs> I tried it I once. Mean, belts. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're gonna are we gonna get we're gonna get frothy with your electrician in the room. I want to try to not. <laughs> I'm gonna try to not make it too hard on you. Anyway, that's yeah. what she said. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> I I tried greasing up one of my belts one time. <laughs> And... Is she looking at you? Is your electrician like, staring at you? What is he talking no. about? Because <laughs> all you know, it's just, from his perspective, it's a single-sided conversation. Right? You're talking to yourself about greasing your belts. <laughs> he thinks yeah. you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> so, right. So I I got it all greased up, and then I <laughs> I turn on the machine. You know, because I'm I, this is on a 36 grip belt. I'm trying right. to do a hog away material, and all the grease heats up and just 
splatters all over me on the wall on the machine all over my fucking knife i was like well i'm done with that it was a brand new belt and i was like fuck that belt and i threw it in the garbage (laughs) and i've never done it since and maybe you know what i think i'm probably doing it wrong but i don't really know what else i could do to different i know that some people load their belts like old but i know that uh, our friend andreas kalani loads his belts up and he uses it for buffing. Now, I mm. know that you used to use, we would use, when we were my last metal shop, when we were working with aluminum, we had to use a lot of grease when sure. we were grinding aluminum because it would just clog up the, the, the grits, uh, the, everything we had. We have. But yeah. I'm not 100% sure if it makes it, if, I don't know the correct application of using grease or when you would use grease yeah. for uh, maybe somebody in the next uh Next yep. episode, if somebody wants to write in the, uh, uh, hey, you know, what you should do or give your unsolicited advice on how you use gri- uh, uh, sure. grease in your combat. And with that said, Brian. Here comes the sawzall, Brian. by the way. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Fucking great. Perfect. <laughs> God damn it. That is hilarious. This is like. This is fucking hilarious. So, Brian, <laughs> could you tell us, tell the listeners, what kind of, what kind, of, what kind of belts we should be using, Brian? Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get fifteen percent off with promo code KnifeTalk15. Do it now. <sighs> All right, that's right, everybody. Combat abrasives, fifteen percent off. We're gonna get you fifteen percent off of combat abrasives. <laughs> yeah, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. I'm so glad there's construction going on in the background. That's perfect. Um, well, it's up to you. Do you want? We want to keep going with questions. We come back to the questions. We have some uh, hot let's, takes. We have. I know what you should do. Let's do a do, couple hot takes, takes, and then and then maybe come back to questions. We'll mix it up okay. a little bit more okay. than we kind of. So uh, I was given a hot take from uh, actually Ben Stark saying I don't need to tell the listeners what a hot take is, but if you want to submit your hot takes, Brian, okay. So yeah, so submit your hot takes, and it's basically just like a you know just it's it's just basically you know you know frothing at the mouth (laughs) in a couple quick sentences. (laughs) So the first hot take comes comes from Connor McCrillis. It's very timely. Hot take. And knife talk isn't taking calls because Craig is tired of getting the hook. This <laughs> this is one of the things that just came I've in. gotten. I've, <laughs> this has been coming in since I've said that we're not taking calls today, and it's been you. like, oh, Craig's Craig's too tired of taking the hook. You know, you you don't want to take the hook anymore, and you know, so yeah. No, Craig, this is nothing to do with Craig. Is the best. We're a fine. The calls have been great. We're gonna work through this whole hanging up, not hanging up thing. It'll be fine. Everybody will be fine. Um, the next one comes from Stone Ridge Metalworks. Here's a hot take. Australians are just upside down British Texans. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I was kind of hoping Ben Snur was going to be on for that one. Uh, yeah. Ben couldn't make it. I mean, he had to be technical. But he, Ben's, Ben's lag was literally 60 seconds behind ours. It was crazy. It was crazy. He was 60 seconds behind um, Baltic Blade says, "Here's a hot take. Uh, don't take care. Uh, don't take care of. Um, I don't care if hybrid handles are out of fashion because they sell. Baltic Blades. There you go. Jamie Mackey says, "French food is massively overrated. 
Uh, too much emphasis on technique rather than flavor. The fundamentals of French cooking um, are important, but the food is uninspiring. Here's hot take from Chad Kimmel. Chad Kimmel was the first hang-up guy last week. He says, hot take, newborn babies are ugly. I don't want to see your ugly spawn. It looks like an alien. I agree. Uh, hot take, this is from Timberly Forge. A shirt without a pocket is a blouse. And here's one that's perfect for the two of us. Uh, now that Craig isn't here, and it's from Steve Ellis. Steve Ellis says, here's a hot take. Fader is the type of driver Mareko hates, LOL. Oh, yeah, so, you're a grandma driver. driver. I agree. You know what? I'll tell you what. I actually just, my kid got her driver's permit, and we've been doing, uh, I've been doing a lot of teaching. We, I've been giving her a lot of lessons outside of uh, her, outside of being legal, and right. now she's got the permit, so we've been going on these long rides, and she's been, she got honked at. And the first time she got honked at, she got bummed out. And the second time she got honked at, she was going the limit. She yeah. was going the limit, and she, I said, "Listen, if you if there's a shoulder, you can pull up, you know, signal, and you pull on the shoulder." The dude was fucking losing his mind, and she was just like, "God, where does he need to go on a Sunday?" I'm like, "A lot of people like that. You're just gonna have to deal with it." Um, yeah. So, I do drive the limit. I am I'm scared of dying in a car accident, so I definitely mm. am a very defensive driver. And I never, I never, if I didn't have to drive, I wouldn't drive. I love it when I'm driven. I love not driving. Sure. I think it's great. I, I'm ready for automated driving cars. I'm totally right. on board with that. I mean, um, just to be clear, I am totally good with people driving the speed limit. I have no problem with that. It's when people are yielding to other cars when they're not supposed to be. Like, I, I've seen cars stop in the middle of the road when they have the right of way to let somebody turn out on the street. Going the other direction, it's just, I don't know, it's just, in high traffic, it's just like stupid shit. I don't know. But as long as people are going the speed limit, I'm good with that. But at the same time, if you're... And it's safe. I, yeah. I, the left lane is a, is a, people driving the left lane, oh, Chad Kimmel's back, if you're hot take, if you're driving the speed limit in the left lane, you're wrong. That lane is for criminals. Uh, speed <laughs> with me and get out of the way. Dude, I love your electrician so much. What is he doing, by the way? Can you just tell me what he's doing? What's he? Do so, what's it like the physically trying to do now? So there's, they're doing electrical work. They're rewiring stuff. So there's a, a main power coming to the shop, and then my portion is isolated, and I have my own sub panel. And then there's also okay. a kind of storage unit that has its own sub panel. So it, right now he's working on removing old electrical because we're going to have uh, an inspector come in and okay. if there's any excess stuff that's not actually connected then that needs to be taken out just because you know either you that could he's be doing... possibly connected <laughs> connected do, do later think, do you think he's Was doing that... a good job you think he's yeah. doing a good job yeah <laughs> i Aces. like how you you made it you made it, <laughs> i tried to trick you into saying something about him but you didn't fall for it i was kind of hoping he say hey he could move a little faster but you just said yeah <laughs> aces so he knows that you're not talking about him which makes it very funny very funny i'm gonna get you again i'll get him i'll get him before he gets the saws all back on that's for sure yeah. um here's oh, another hot boy. take this hot take from jason moss he says if you get butt hurt by a joke uh you if you get butt hurt by butt hurt by a joke email to the tune of seven thousand three hundred and twenty one dollars in abrasives maybe shut down the grinder common core math and tiktok challenges might be up your alley Sure. <laughs> there was a lot of the, that was based on the combat's April Fool's joke. 
Fine. You know, I saw that, and my first thought was people are probably going to be pissed about this. But then I was like, but wait, wouldn't you just look at your bank account and see that you're, nothing's been taken out? And so if 7000 some odd dollars worth of gear was headed your way without being charged, you should be pretty excited about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a story that I heard from a friend of ours. Uh, actually, it, I'll tell you. I'm not going to say his name, but I'll tell you a story for a friend of mine who wrote me a letter. He says, listen. I was in a Zoom meeting for two hours, and then I got the email. Uh, I got an email with the subject line saying, "You just bought seven thousand dollars worth of thing." He's, I could not get into my email. I saw that it was there. I saw the subject line. I couldn't go into the email for two hours, and for that <laughs> two hours, I was like, "What is this problem?" I, it was stressful to him. So yeah. when he said that, I was like, okay, I understand what you're saying. He was like, can you imagine being, you see this message, you can't leave this meeting, <laughs> and you see this message, subject, headline, you owe all this money, and he's like, so that was that was the whole thing. So in regards to that, um, Ross Speaks Steelworks says, hey, guys, I have a hot take for you. Four episodes of Forge and Fire isn't su- sufficient education to make your first knife, especially Damascus. What? That's true. Yeah, he... <laughs> Uh, look everyone's mouth is uh their eyes are bigger than their stomach what are you gonna do Uh, i think it's funny uh bad omen knives says good morning you exceptionally talented uh, bastards i have a hot take for you water bottle water bottles chopping sharpness tests are bullshit unless you're building a competition chopper so that's that's what he has to say <laughs> I don't know what else to add to it. Uh, Andy Neal. Andy Neal says, Andy from Leeds, Yorkshire. Uh, on the day after lockdown, as a collective, the 68 million people in the UK would easily outdrink the thir- 330 million citizens of the US. Cheers, fellas. Let's hit the beer garden and bottoms up. So he's 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 uh, he's suggesting that <laughs> the people of the UK could outdrink the people of the United States completely he's he's clearly never visited wisconsin he has not visited wisconsin you are (laughs) right you are right i think that that would be i think wisconsin could you are a thousand percent right i think the whole state of wisconsin could out fucking the uk sorry i agree with you i think the the amount of polish blood flowing through the people of wisconsin i think you might be right I think you might be right. So, Andy Neal, I don't know, man. You got to go visit Wisconsin and then make that decision. Uh, Noah Bloomberg says, hot take, while it sucks when someone copies your stuff, it doesn't actually hurt you monetarily. If someone's going to make a cheap knockoff of Mareko Mamasi's knife, they're never going to buy a real one in the first place and vice versa. And I saw that uh, knockoff side that you posted, Jeff. That was some bullshit. So, you know, there you go. That's 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 what he has to say. Look, people rip people. Look, people get ripped off all the time. We yeah. rip people off. That's why Mareko and I and Craig can't tell you our fucking secrets anymore because we don't trust any of you. <laughs> Seriously, I have an idea that I'm working on. Actually, I was gonna like bitch about. Uh, I, there's somebody out there who thinks it's fun, and it's not a big deal. I was actually this morning. I was. I was. Uh, I was in a moment of contemplation. You know what I mean when I say I'm in a moment of contemplation? You're taking a shit. 
I was taking shit and I was <laughs> going, I had this, I have this thing that I want to work on. I have this thing that I'm going to work on that I really love. And it's, it's going to be, it has the potential to be very good. And I can't okay. talk about it, but I was, I was right. in the middle of the contemplation and then I noticed I got followed by knife talk. And I'm thinking that's <laughs> weird. That's weird yeah. because we're knife talk. How right. come I, they're already following? Me. And then I looked in it to somebody who's created a fake knife talk uh, profile pic, and and I and I thought this is weird. So I I'm in a moment of I'm like being distracted. My I'm being distracted from what I'm trying to th- what I'm really supposed to be focusing on. So I sent the person a DM and I said, "What is this?" And he write and then I saw that he's it said scene, and then I wrote underneath. I said. I know what you're, I'm not going to yell at you. Just tell me what you're doing. You know, cause I think, you know, you think I'm going to start cursing and stuff. And then he says, Be, you know, don't worry, man. I'm, this is nothing serious. Uh, just having fun. And I was like, well, you're not really being helpful to us. And, and, and with that said, I got a message immediately after from Mert Tansu from our friends over at knife making down under. And I'm not going to be saying, I'm not going to be making that joke. I used to make anymore. I made a joke yeah. a long time ago saying that or calling them knife talk down under somebody has created a parody account of theirs and they call it knife talk down under and oh, re- reached out to me and says, is this you guys? And I'm like, no, this is definitely not me. I would never, you know, I have more important things to do than you don't to, got time for that. <laughs> I don't have time for that. And you know what the funny thing is, is when I was talking to the guy who had the fake knife talk thing, he says, I says, if I said to him, like, Listen, if you want to be helpful, this doesn't help us because you're confusing people. And then he says, I don't listen to, I, and I said, you know, I got a feeling that you're involved with the one that's going against, you know, Mert. And he goes, I only listen to Toby Knife and Steel, which is a friend. Toby's a good dude. I like Toby. He listens to the podcast. He's yeah. a good guy. We're all doing podcasts to entertain you. It's fine. So I immediately screen cap, <laughs> I screen cast it and I just sent it to, to Toby saying, is this you? Like, is it possible that you have enough time to do this? And Toby's like, I don't know what the fuck you're, what is this? Any of the, he was so confused and I was confused. (laughs) And it's basically what I'm saying to people who are doing this. It's, it doesn't, it's fun for you, but it's confusing to other people. And that makes it annoying. And with Mert, Mert was just like, somebody's trying to, you know, stir some shit with, between us. And I just have to, with that said, I have to say, Mertansu, Kev Slattery, Corin are our friends, and we've known ball. You and I have known ball three of them for a while. Like yeah. I've known. I mean, they are our friends. I text with Mert almost every day, and I like their podcast. And I don't think I don't want there to be any idea that there's any type of friction between us and Mert and Corin and 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 Kev because they are our friends. I love those guys. So with that said, I'm never going to say call a knife talk down under again because I'm just like, I don't want that to be, because somebody thinks it's a joke and then now they're making a joke and you, some of you people don't have to know what a sense of humor is. And with that said, <laughs> it's, seriously, I mean, that's really, com- yeah. we'll say something and then people just say it and it's just like, it's like, we're trying to have a little nuance with some humor here and there's no reason to do that. So do me a favor. If this is your, I know that you're listening. It's enough. Be like, even scale berms and stale memes. I knew that kid. He was a good kid. He was being creative. He was doing his own thing. He might have flown a little bit too close to the sun a couple times. He might have put his dipped his toe over and being inappropriate a couple times. But at least 
he wasn't pretending or impersonating us with that yeah. said. And I'm not calling for uh, knife talk jihad on this kid. I'm sure it's just some kid, and I'm talking to him like he might be 12 or 13. So this is not jihad time. Just know that it's that's that. It's not it's not helpful. So back to um, I don't know hot takes. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. I just I forgot I was going to say that, and then uh, it yeah. just dawned on me about that's like, good knocking people off it just doesn't make sense it's just it's just not helpful to us help being helpful to us is writing good questions participating in the show telling your friends that's helpful to us doing a doing a parody account that's not us but it's using the same icon confuses people and it's annoying and i don't want to have to like apologize to mert which i did in dms and i don't want to have to like you know scare the shit out of people like toby thinking i'm jumping ugly with Next hot take comes from Taylor Walker. Taylor Walker says, here's a hot take. Shadow bands are an excuse for poor content. Mm. Do you have any ex- any experience with any of that? No. Shadow bands? Nope. I've never had I a once, problem with that. <laughs> the time I did an axe, I did an, I did an axe earlier in the year, and it was not coming up in my it, – it came up in my feed when I looked at my profile, but it wasn't coming up, coming up in anybody else's feed. And I believe hmm. that particular thing was what they call shadow ban. I, people are making up I these gotcha. words. They're like people are making up these words. Like this is some sort of like once again Lord of the Rings. This is you know this is shadow ban. Come on, man. It's just like just be normal. The dark um, side of Instagram. Yeah, it's just like come on, man. Give me a break. Um, no, there's a couple more. Robert Dodd says, "Here's a hot take: the left lane is a passing lane. Don't be that ass." Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, Baltic Blades again. He's you know what? 
Baltic Blades contributes a lot. I appreciate the fact he he always sends in like three or four things, and I appreciate I appreciate you contributing to the show, Baltic Blades. I really do appreciate it, and everybody else. That's you know that helps us. So that's it. So hot take from Baltic Blades. Knife makers are all thieves of ideas, but also the group of makers who are very open to share ideas and know-how. So that was what we were referred to in the in this world as slap and tickle. He gave you the he gave you you're all thieves, but you're all very sharing too. He gave you the slap and tickle. Congratulations, Baltic Blade, on that. Uh oh, here's one from our friend Eric Markman. Oh, Eric yeah. Markman says, here's a hot take. Seventy percent of knife makers should not have a YouTube channel. Why seventy percent, Eric? That's funny though. It's funny though. You know, look. It's an unfounded the, dis- statistic. It's perfect. I mean, if you talk to Ilya over at That Works, he might say a hundred percent. You shouldn't have YouTube channels. I actually was just talking to uh, Matt Stagmer on the Full Blast podcast, and we were talking about Ilya. Actually, if you want to watch a good video on forging technique, go to That Works on YouTube, and there's he does his. Uh, he, he's Ilya's a good dude, but he he might be wound a little bit tight. <laughs> these these Russians might be wound a little tight. <laughs> so he he wrote he did this whole episode on. Uh, forging bevels correctly so it's actually a a very if you want to see what it's a great way uh of rethinking the way you forge bevels but uh eric might be eric might be right (laughs) 70 i love this (laughs) just 70 percent. he's actually like doing (laughs) mathematics uh and the last one comes from entiot entiot river forge here's a hot take file work on the spine and 15 inch bowies the new hybrid resin handles it's 2021 everybody move on I, I, I feel like I've been attacked. So, Whoa, that's a, yeah, you know, personal. He personal don't like attack. it. He don't like it. I, I, it's fine. I don't feel attacked. I'm just kidding. I, I'm just fooling around. Um, yeah, it was good. The hot takes were good today. Yeah. Um, some of them were abrasive. Some of them a little <laughs> bit abrasive. Reko, what if you were to be a little bit abrasive? What abrasives would you use? Well, it depends on what I'm doing. But if I'm hand sanding, I'm there going go. for Indasa. Indasa Rhino Wet is, I mean, honestly, it's the best hand sanding paper I've ever used for anything, ever. Like, I've been sanding wood since I was a little kid. And <laughs> and uh, finishing out handles, finishing out blades is the way, Indasa is the way to do it. And you can get it at Texas Ferry Supply. Uh, and not only just the sandpaper, you can get all kinds of hand, uh, knife making materials and tools, anvils even, and tongs and all, all hammers, all that kind of stuff. You can get that from Texas Ferry Supply. You can get your Indasa from them. Make sure at checkout you put in Knife Talk 10 to save yourself 10% uh, on your purchase. Um, and there you go. Either save it or you can even just put it back into the order and get some get yourself a little something extra but again i would say go that to, one, yeah i'm a, i'm sorry i was I'm gonna just gonna say, say it. It. go ahead i'm sorry we're working it out everybody this is the it's best okay. episode ever i'm sad that your electrician's gone i know that your electrician's gone and it makes me sad because he you'll, was you'll probably fucking thumping around <laughs> hammering a little bit in a little bit <laughs> my favorite part with the electrician was when he said, "All right, here comes the sawzall." And then he started. <laughs> <laughs> here comes the sawzall. I'm thinking you myself. I'm looking at you. You're like rolling your eyes back in your head. That's funny. Oh uh, yeah. So guys, go to Texas Ferry Supply. Get yourself some uh, Indas USA. Put in promo code full. Uh, sorry about that. Knife Talk Ten. Get yourself ten percent <laughs> off. 
I'll just give you something else. Don't put in a full blast. I ain't going to do shit. Um, so we can go back into questions or we have unsolicited advice. What would you like to do? Let's do, do uh, let's do a couple questions and then maybe okay. jump into unsolicited advice. Perfect. All right. Yeah, go. This one sure. is from Uncle Sam Metalworks. Uh, it says, looking for advice in case I forget to call Friday. When is a good time to get an LLC? I've been making for a few years, and I've recently been on the show and been getting orders. Want to protect myself, but is it worth it? Do an LLC or DBA. Uh, what is that? EXT? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever that means. <laughs> it it doesn't matter. For the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, LLC or DBA. I have an LLC myself. How about you? Me too. Yeah. One thing is, is like, you can't, it's not like, it's not willy nilly. If you start a right. company, you need to like, it, you gotta be, it's all by the book. So it's not like, you, yeah. it's not like, you know, that episode of office where Michael Scott says, I declare bankruptcy and that it's not like that. So you have to kind of like <laughs> register with the government. You got to get an, a, a tax ID. Right. You might have to deal with figuring out if you're going to pay quarterly or not. This is the United States. I don't know where, what it's like everybody else, but you like, you got to get a newspaper article written that you exist. You have to have like, I mean, <laughs> there's like, not like a ad. I don't know if they, they do that where you are, but like we had to get a lawyer and then the lawyer says, all right, we put an ad saying that we exist and that we send that to the thing. And it's, you know, not an ad, but like a, you, I think you, you go into like the, you know, you file like a little want ad or something like that. And that's yeah. like, it's just, there's a lot to it. It's not just just getting an LLC. There's a lot to it. It's something to definitely do if you're going to do it and deal with it. You know, right? What do you well, think? Well, and well, and um, I used to do. I used to have a sole proprietorship, um, and I, I unfortunately don't know the exact definitions of things. But what I understood the difference. Can you hear the? Can you hear the guy in the background? I'm Bang. so happy. I'm glad he's back. <laughs> he's he's like 20 feet away, hammering on a wall. Oh, I can't. Here's a little bit. I hear a little bit. All right. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but what I understood the difference from between the LLC and and a sole proprietorship um, is that if it's an LLC, it's the the business is the entity, and so if somebody wants wants to try to sue you they can only come after the business and right. any potential assets of the business versus a sole proprietorship they can come after you and your house and your car like as retribution for whatever there's potentially not that they're going to actually win but so it's it's like trying to balance you know what makes more sense um right. you know maybe Good you point. get big enough to a point or you know people are doing risky things with your knives or i don't know but at the same time like it's i don't i don't know what the legal precedents are for companies being sued for the shitty things that people do with their knives or the right. the the unintended uses that people use the knives for like somebody's using a knife as a screwdriver the damn thing slips and then gouges their hand like is that the maker's fault whether it's a custom maker or a manufacturer, that's not what the thing's made for. And so, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of legal stuff I still don't know. But I have – we went from a – again, from a sole proprietorship to an LLC just for that kind of safety net of if somebody does try to come after us, they can't 
take our house or our car or any of that other shit. It's only the business and, and what the business is worth or the assets of the business that they potentially could come after. Now, I don't know the full extent of this particular story, so I won't even name the friend of ours who's involved in, but this is a... Yeah. If you're in, living in Florida, I'm under the impression, like, people sue like they, you know, put deodorant on. I think it's like... I think <laughs> I think is the suing in Florida is out of control, and I know a friend of ours was sued <laughs> and, like, had no idea, and it was a lot... It was based on the knife company, and it was a real big problem. And, and one of the things that I like about the LLC is... For tax purposes as well, I run everything. I mean, I run like, you know, I'm not pocketing money. You know, I, everything comes through the shop, and then I end up doing p- payroll between me and my partner, and then um, it just makes everything clean and safe. And I'm with you. I, I just the thought of being personally sued or my fam, my my, my wife saying we're being sued because right. you know you, you know I, that doesn't interest me at all. And and I think that having an LLC, looking into it. You're going to have to get a lawyer. I think it's important to have a real lawyer. I think that these, you could sure. probably, I think that there's some websites that you can set up an LLC without a lawyer. I don't know enough about any of it to suggest any of it. I will say, though, if you do get a lawyer, learn to keep your mouth shut. Because when Tony and I had to go on the phone with our lawyer for the first time, <laughs> I told a joke. And when the joke the joke was fine, at the end of the phone call, Tony told me beforehand, he said, don't say any, don't say a word. We're on the clock. When, we're, <laughs> right. The meter is running when we're on the phone. And I, he said something, and I made a joke. And at the end of the conversation, we got off the phone. Tony says, remember that time I told you not to say anything? And I said, yeah. I said, <laughs> I said, and he goes, how do you feel about that joke? You think that joke was good? And I'm like, yeah, it was okay. He's like, well, that joke cost us 75 bucks. And I was just like, really? And I'm like, yeah. I told you to keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. And I'm like, yeah. and that's it. So we go on the, we go on the, we go on any, anytime we talk to lawyers, I don't say a word because the meter yeah. is running. So that is a true story. Yeah. Tony was just like, I hope you like that joke because you paid for that joke. <laughs> you paid for that joke. Fucking stupid joke. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I've been learning about lawyers and how that all works. Um, uh, the whole like on the clock thing and the way I understand it works, at least the, the lawyer I work with, um, they do it by tenths of an hour. So every six minutes, so whatever their <laughs> full hourly rate is, um, you know, they break that up over basically divide that by 10. And so every six minutes you're getting charged again. So if you get a lawyer and you're working with them, you just gotta be, don't, concise no small talk no, no small fucking talk. jokes <laughs> we that year the law firm sent us a christmas chocolate like like a small box of chocolates and thank you for your, your you know being with the law firm and thank you so much we're so happy that you're a client i look at this box and i call tony and public i just got a five thousand dollar box of chocolate <laughs> because that's what it costs <laughs> we paid for the yeah. year like this is like a yeah. we call it the five thousand dollar box of chocolate it's like yeah you'll know, fuck you giving us a box of chocolate assholes of chocolates. Uh, okay the next one comes from um deck costs deck d-e-c dot costs on instagram uh, hey guys i'm a complete beginner looking for recommendations for a good respirator i have mild asthma so my breathing wouldn't be 100 percent. i'm very wary of the health risks of grinding am i worrying too much have you guys noticed any breathing issues uh having made knives for years uh thanks for the podcast really enjoying it uh declan uh from ireland declan 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 i don't know i'm with you uh so what do you think about respirators and stuff 
Yeah, especially if you have uh, if you have any kind of respiratory issues or uh, sensitivities to some of the materials maybe you're using, like like if so, like some people have issues with coca bolo, um, and so penis. We've heard we've heard exactly. that you get Tom, dust on your penis. Tom Moss. Tom Moss puts a little coca bolo <laughs> on his penis and then gets all swole up, and he, I don't think he likes it. So, put coca bolo on your penis. Coca Bolo dick. Okay. Um, But there are, so I think Craig has a positive pressure mask. And I think we have friends who also have, like Alex Steele actually wears, whenever he's doing his grinding videos, he's always got his like 3M like Tron suit thing where it's got like the hose going down his back and everything. And, but that kind of positive pressure that will help keep any it, it only pumps in HEPA filtered clean air into the mask and so nothing is getting in because it's a positive pressure um air is flowing out of the mask um and i've actually been interested in getting one myself because i keep a beard and um i know <clears throat> as i clear my throat um i know that after long days of grinding whether it's hand uh whether it's steel or or wood usually especially steel i definitely notice a difference um in just like my respiratory health like how i'm feeling and my ability like my ability to breathe or how phlegmy i am or yeah. you know i'm 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 clearing my throat at like double time what i normally do um you know on grinding days and so yeah it makes a big difference but for, i think for light work if you don't have any respiratory issues you know like the basic face masks are great but for somebody like this um i would definitely look for a positive pressure now i know so they can be a serious investment for you know i've seen as low as like 350 dollars up to like two or three thousand dollars for some of these things yeah so but we're talking about your life your respiratory health if you're planning on doing this long term it's probably not a bad investment to make I was talking to Nick Angers about his because he wears his, and he oh, yeah, says he's to got me, one of those. Yeah. "Oh, dude, he's like he is he is he's like he look turns to me and he goes, you work with that G10? I don't know how you don't have one of these.' He loves his. He's like sure. he's like it's the best thing. It's the best thing ever happened to me. He loves it. I I wish I started using a respirator when I was when I first started knife making. I started using a respirator because I my my mind. If you can smell it, it's probably not good for you." So sure. I started working wearing 3M respirators when I first started this, especially working with, I had read that G10 in micarta was bad for you. So I've never ground um, G10 in micarta without a respirator. Even when I started, I knew it was bad. And yeah. also when I was a metal worker, you know, you're kind of, especially if you're in these shops, you're rarely using a respirator. It's almost like kind of lame. Like a oh, lot yeah. of these guys. What are you, you some kind of pussy? Yeah, I mean it's kind of like that. I mean, if I if I were to walk into a metal shop wearing a respirator while I was grinding steel, that you'd you'd you know you people would think you're a pussy. And and I just remember I just remember thinking that no one's wearing a respirator, so I won't. And then at night when I blow my nose in the bath in the shower, I got the black boogies all the time. You know, you get the black boogies, and I'm just like, God, they can't be good. And then my wife says, you got to trim your nose hair. Your nose hair is too long. And I'm thinking that's my last line of defense. I need this nose hair. <laughs> That's my fucking yeah. webbing. That is the Absolutely. black boogie webbing. Like all I can think of is just like I cannot trim my. I gotta grow more nose hair. I need the nose hair netting. 
to prevent me from dying. You just and then shove some cotton balls up there. Something you got to do. Something. I'm like, I'm gonna try to be cool. <laughs> the only thing you can do is have a lot of nose hair. I mean, can people can make funny for that? You know. So when I started knife making, I used the the respirators, and I would never have problems with black boogies. I would never sure. cough. I would never hock up, you know, wood dust or metal dust, to the point where I wear a respirator when I'm doing almost everything except for when I'm sure. drilling holes I'm not wearing a respirator but anytime I'm using the grinder whether I'm grinding steel or I'm grinding uh, wood or I'm grinding g10 always have a respirator if you can smell it it's no good that's my that's the way I that's the way I go for it but I'm I'm a, a huge proponent I feel and I'm not getting any younger and I, and I feel a million times better when I have a respirator on at the end of the day I'm, I don't have lung problems I stopped smoking years ago respirators are the move if you can't get one of those positive pressure things because you know speaking of positive pressures we get a pile of emails from people who eat like indian food or tacos or chili and then they put on their positive pressure thing and then they fart up into the box and then their <laughs> farts get piped piped in direct they get the, they get the, they get their right, you just the get least... some essential oils you put some essential oils on put some uh, vicks your in your filter. nose or something <laughs> you gotta put some Vicks in your nose because these guys are, they got the oh, box. No, you on throw their... a dryer sheet in. You throw a dryer sheet into your respirator. Something, <laughs> the... but this this hap I guess the, the what happens is the the positive pressure is right over your crack, and if you and if you toot, it goes right up in, and then it goes it feeds you direct. It's like the direct feed. The that is like the ultimate Dutch oven. You know, back in the day when I had my shop in Brooklyn, it was unheated, Yikes. and I would wear like a, uh, I wear like a snowmobile suit. I'd get one of those, you know, knockoff Carhartt sure, snowmobile full. suits. Yeah, and I'd fart in it, and I can't tell you I was sad about it because it really like warmed you up. I was like surprised. <laughs> it was just like these uh, farts are like, like warming me up. You know, that's the thing with a wetsuit, you put a little water in there and then your body warms up the water. The water keeps you, I would be these farts. And then I would, and then I would pull open my, the front of my shirt and then it would just, the heat would just waft out. I'd be like, don't do that again. Keep them farts in. You need to keep them farts in that suit you're wearing. You keep yourself warm. So oh, yeah, in terms yeah. of breathing issues, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, what, well, how much better can you say than that? Uh, that's perfect. Um, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we get into the next question, Mareko, why don't you tell us about the grinder you're using? I'm using a Broadbeck grinder. And I actually was on the phone with Vince yesterday talking about the new stuff they got coming out. Uh, they just launched their disc sanding, uh, disc sander attachment arm, um, yeah. for which is a new thing. They just, uh, what was that, yesterday or the I think it was yesterday. They Friday just was the release, so I think today they're taking okay, pre-orders so, now. All right, they're taking pre-orders, so get on it because these things are going to fly. You want to be in on a first batch. But, that I mean, I think that's one of the things I'm really, really impressed with and I think is a very smart move about these guys. You know, they're knife makers making grindage for knife makers, and they understand that kind of cross-platform flexibility is key, and I think it's smart – uh, the way they've designed their grinders because I can use tool arms that either I've made or already owned on my broadback or if you already have a chassis of your own then you can still get the 
broad, all the crazy broadback arms like the discs, like the buffing arm, like the surface grinder and the small wheel and the fuller and the inner grill, like all of these different attachments. You can use these if you have, if you already have a chassis that takes like an inch and a half tool arm or inch and a quarter, I think also they're doing. And so I, that's what I really love and appreciate about these things. I'll tell you, I was actually grinding uh, my sword the other day and flopping it over onto its side so it was running parallel to the ground it made a huge difference in my ability to grind that sword. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was a killer move. Yeah, I was really happy to be able to do that. So, yeah, and uh, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I'm very happy with the machine. These guys are super helpful. Uh, they're on top of taking care of their customers for sure. Um, and what is it? It's 10%. You can save Knife Talk 10. Knife um, Talk 10. Yep. You can save at Broadbeck. Is it BroadbeckGrinders.com? BroadbeckIronworks.com. And Ironworks. I actually got an email from, yeah. I, I got a, I got an email from Vince. I talked to Vince. Vince must, he makes, I think he calls everybody on one day. He does. I think that's might, might be what he does. It's a check-in day. And he, yeah. I had him send, he, he, that is one thing I love about Vince is like, he's very, he he's doing great with all of us and that's really good but he sent me a little bit in more i asked him to send me more info on the disc sander so the disc sander attachment can be purposed uh purchased as an attachment only and be used with the platen d plate or it can be purchased with a quick arm change uh change accessory arm uh it's a you want if you have if you're going to get the disc grinder you want a you want a vfd <clears throat> it would be it would you wouldn't be optimizing the disc or the paper if you had a if you didn't have a VFD. I would just say that. With that said, um, great for grinding uh, flat grinds, full tangs, uh, the flattening scales. Uh, the disc sander will be offered at an introductory price of three seventy five. That's the starting price in free delivery in the United States. Uh, competitor variable speed disc grinders are around six seven hundred eight hundred dollars. Um, the pre-sale starts April 16th, and the lead time is about two weeks. Uh, it's great. It, it's great. I mean, it, so the way it works is it fits on the side of your arm, and then it uses a belt to spin the disc, so the disc is on the side. So you could actually, if you had the Broadback Ironwork Grinder, you could use the disc facing uh, horizontally or vertically. So yeah. keep in touch with those dudes because they're doing some really really cool things and we've given them enough so that's enough of that. yeah. that's enough of that you heard enough about that um <laughs> i got i got unsolicited advice more yeah, questions let's do it. what would you okay no, more, let's do the unsolicited advice okay so uh I, it's i know you didn't ask or it's basically unsolicited advice you know people say uh you know what you should do or i know you didn't ask but and then you give us some so baltic blades is back he says, using reamers are great. If you have a 5mm pin and a 5mm drill bit, use a 5.3mm reamer. It works wonders, fits like a glove, and no need to play with the drill bit uh, or sand down the pin material. That is good because when I do pins, I like the, I like the hole to be very tight. That was for you. You there? Oh. You, you, uh, Hello? Yeah, fine. Yeah, can you hear me? <laughs> so I end up putting I end up putting my pins in the in the in my drill, and then I'll run the the pin on the on the hand drill, and then I'll put a piece of sandpaper down it. So you don't have to do that with the that what you're calling. Okay, yeah. this comes from Fresh uh, Chef Fry Guy. Chef Fry Guy says, "Hey guys, I know you didn't ask, but as a ca as a cost saving measure for U.S. makers, if you can wire your shop with 480 volt." 
you will cut your electric bill in half with uh, the use of all heavy motors. 480 volt can deliver a better amperage, reducing the pull overall. Thanks. I wish your electrician was there that we could ask him if that's true, because that <laughs> would be the that's... interview of interviews. That's three, that's three phase power, right? 480? I don't know. Is he there? Can you ask him? Nah, <laughs> he's, he's on right the other there. side of the shop. Oh, that would have been funny. God damn. Hey! hey I got a question for you. Hey, shut up! I'm on, a, I'm on a ledge. Um, Luke Berkman says, here's the age-old question of what we call ourselves. Knife makers or bladesmiths? My dad's first and second language wasn't English. And being over 70 years old, he called me a shape knifener. He, his, Sounds he right called his son a shape, shape knifener a few weeks ago, and I kind of like it. <laughs> so now we are shape knifeners. And um, I wish Craig That's was great. here for this last one. This last one comes from Shane Shosh. Shane Sauce. Shane Sosh. That's what it is. Shane Sosh. <laughs> Hey, cuties, I know you didn't ask, but CRI is as important to when choosing shop lights as temperature. A high CRI LED 95 plus will show colors better. Greens and reds will look more vibrant and will also help your indoor photography. What does CRI so, mean? I have no idea. Dude, this is like Craig. This is Craig's wheelhouse. He fucked okay. up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can ask electrician. I mean, if he's around, <laughs> we got a couple for him now. If he comes back, we got a, we got two questions for him about the voltage okay. and about the yeah. CRI. So if he comes right. back, feel free to ask him. Does, sounds good. Um, yeah. You know. So okay. Well, with that said, I'm out of I'm out of unsolicited advice. Everyone, <laughs> I think that what happened is is the phone calls have made people want to call. So um, right, they're not sending in as much. But other than that, uh, everything's good. Would you like to go back to questions, or would you a couple more questions and wrap this thing yeah, up? Should we, or? Yeah, let's do maybe let's do one more each, huh? How's that sound? Mm, great, great, great. All right, great. God, that Not one bad. is a book. All right, I'm I'm just gonna try it. <laughs> uh, bald Don't do it then. man, knife and tool. Oh, let's see if my dyslexia kicks in. It says oh. Craig Marco and F Mr. Fader. Why do you get the Mister? By the way, they're afraid yeah. of me. O old they man, should be afraid of Craig. Old man Fader. Mr. That's Fader. right. They, they <laughs> used to be afraid. They're kind of everyone's a little afraid of me. Don't let your I'm baseball most... get into his yard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He'll feed it to his dog. <laughs> we've had some old. We've my wife and I definitely have had some old man situations. Like like, what oh, are you doing over there? <laughs> well, you you almost killed your neighbor. You've had some yep. old man situations too. You yeah, don't yeah. even see him. You ran him down. Yeah. Get out of the wheel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he says. Uh, I have been making leather sheaths with, with my knives, but absolutely dread sheath making after I complete each knife for two reasons. First, they make, uh, take me forever to complete. And second, I feel like my beginner level leather working skills make an underwhelming first impression when a customer receives a knife. Uh, I've bought custom knives before that ha came without a sheath and personally find it annoying and uh, annoying to not receive a sheath with a knife. I'm thinking Kydex is the route to go for me at this time. I'd love to hear any of your thoughts on sheaths. Thanks for the great content and entertainment, Brent. I, I mean, I think that's actually a good idea. Go to Kydex. What? Go into Kydex. Well, 
it depends on what you're doing because a lot of people like I have customers who are home cooks and they just take the you know kydex sheaths and put it in a box because they have a knife block or they have like a drawer like I have a drawer and then you know people don't use the you know if you're if you're traveling if you're a cook and you're traveling kydex is great um I always get weirded out by like culinary knives and leather only because like you gotta have a lot of gluck in there. I never told sure, you about. Yeah. I just did a. I just I worked with this uh, pasta chef a while ago, and um, he sent a knife. Uh, I was uh, testing a knife with him, and he sent it back for me to, to make a couple changes. I pulled it out of the sheath. There was literally ravioli on the pot on the knife. He yeah. stuffed it. He stuffed it full of. He just you would use it. He'd wipe it down and put it back. He had like if I if I had boiled the sheath, I would have had the most delicious dinner. It would have been like soup. It would oh have been like delicious, God. delicious, <laughs> delicious ravioli soup. Because these guys don't clean it out, and that's the problem I feel like with like culinary stuff is people putting their putting all the stuff in their sheath full of gluck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is nice to be able to. You know, when they open it up, it's nice. But I don't want to do any leather. I I, I can't. Sure. I can't handle it. Yeah, well, Have and I think... Done? What's that? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you know, if you're not feeling confident about your leather working, because it, it, leather working can be pretty straightforward, but it also can look super amateur if you just lack the tools to make, the, make things happen. Um, and I feel like... I'm not saying that Kydex is easy. I've honestly never done it myself, and I would be very intimidated to do it for the first time on a chef's knife to send out. Um, but I think you can, as a beginner, you might have a better time creating a clean look with the Kydex than maybe you would with the leather. Right. Um, and so that might be, at least for now, the the way to go until if you really want to up your leather knife uh, leather game then work on that until you feel more confident in that um or get whatever tools you need to make it cleaner and looking right or maybe you hire somebody to do that i don't know yeah to do the leather sheaths if you really want to do leather um and there are people out I, there who do who who would do leather work for sure I, the, the one thing about the leather to me is like exactly what you're saying I'm not prepared for the first one to look like complete shit after I spend a lot of time on it. Like, I'm now yeah. at the point where I'm just like, I know it's not going to be good. And I know a lot of guys who do a great job, a lot of girls who do a great job. I just, I, Kydex for me, I never tried to make, I don't make the best Kydex sheets. I make them very simple and clean and they look fine. Yeah. And for, I also, because I keep them very inexpensive, they're, you roll them into the price. And then if the person wants to get a leather sheet, they haven't like, I haven't like, knocked him 200 bucks for a kydex sheath you know it's kind of it comes with so um it's just a nice little addition um but i'm i'm with you i i the leather scares me and the other thing is it's like i'm just i'm just not interested in buying hide i'm not that doesn't interest me at all yeah just get involved with all that i i don't i don't i just don't really have an interest in it but at the same time it's like you know it does look fucking awesome some knives look so good with with, with oh yeah Absolutely. Um, All right, you want to find see. one last one? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I got a good one here for you to answer. Oh, for me? Uh, yeah, this is from Jamie Mackey. I've got a question from Recco. 
to be interrupted while answering, but you know, we're not going to come out and do that. Uh, when betting the hidden tang handles using wax or Vaseline to stop epoxy from sticking to the tang, how do you clean up the tang hole before the final glue up? Uh, I've been using a bit of sponge taped to a stick, but there's got to be a better way. So after you bed, so just describe what bedding the tang is. If this is the first time people have heard about it, okay. Yeah, so uh, bedding the tang is essentially um, for a hidden tang construction handle construction. Usually, you drill a hole that's just slightly oversized, um, and like so for example, my tangs are usually about uh, three sixteenths. Uh, or not three sixteenths. I'm sorry, like a quarter of an inch to about five sixteenths of an inch uh, at the thickest area, just underneath underneath the uh, integral bolster, and about half inch wide. So what I would do is I would take a quarter inch drill bit, and I would drill two holes parallel to each other into the handle material. I would then use that same drill bit to kind of auger out and break up that webbing between those two holes, and then I would follow that with a uh, a broaching tool which is basically a kind of like a, almost kind of like a handsaw in a way that you can use to kind of cut material away and inside and clean that up a little bit more. But now you have that cavity and it doesn't necessarily fit the tang perfectly. So what you do is you um, take some epoxy, you mix it up uh, and pour it into, the, into the, the cavity as if you're doing a full glue up, except for before, you know, before actually before you even start doing the epoxy, you coat the tang um, with some wax. And this is a tip I actually picked up from Nick Wheeler in one of his videos doing a hidden tang construction. And um, and what it does is it, it, it leaves a very thin layer of wax on the, the tang. And so when the epoxy hardens up and you got everything together and the epoxy hardens up, there's where that epoxy is in contact with that wax it doesn't harden up completely um and also it creates a little bit of of um a, just that thin kind of i don't know what to call it like a, a membrane yeah like a yeah like a membrane basically but what <laughs> you can do is you could gently warm up the on my integral knives what i would do is i would kind of use a hand torch like a hand propane torch to gently you could probably even do this with a heat gun honestly heat gun is, yeah to heat up the bolster and what that will do is that heat will then travel down into the tang and it will heat up and soften that wax and then you should be able it might take a little bit of work but pull the handle off of that thing and now you can work with that handle off of the blade but put it back together with basically a perfect fit um and so one thing that nick had going has going for him as well as what i do with mine when i do the bedded tang uh, situation is that we're using mechanical fastener, fastener. So Nick always puts like a domed pin or something like that into the handle. I'm using uh, uh, a tang nut basically at the bottom of, uh, or like a pommel rivet at the back of my handle. So I'm, I'm attaching and bolting the, the knife on from the back. Um, without a mechanical fastener, it's hard to get in there or uh, it, it, it's hard. I would feel not very confident um or i guess i'm having a really hard time answering this question I, I would be a little concerned about the wax because when you go back in to glue things up um that layer of wax oh the electrician's back that layer of wax could cause some tr problems so what he's talking about is cleaning that wax out and so i i have used um like a modified sawzall blade actually that i've ground down to about an eighth of an inch 
like tall and I use that to kind of scrape out any wax and kind of rough up the surface of the epoxy inside the tang slot so that um, the new epoxy has something to bite onto and has some texture to also bite onto. I also um, will cut little uh, notches or teeth into the tang to also create some texture for the, the tang to also kind of grab onto with that new epoxy once everything's bedded. Um, but I, I think using a mechanical fastener in addition to all of that will also help really just firmly secure that everything's going to stay together. I think you hit on something that was really important, which is yeah. if you rough up the surface inside the tank after you've done the hidden, after you've done the um, bedded tank, yeah. if you rough up the surface and then you make knocks on the tang, maybe on the grinder, you yeah. almost be making like almost like grips for what places for the epoxy to go, because obviously this the once you've done the bedded tang, there's no room for there's hardly any room for epoxy in general. So you right. kind of want to make a couple notches where there are some places where epoxy can kind of like hold on to and then uh they have a place to go otherwise there's, there's no room for epoxy you know right well and, and i've actually the first couple times i did bedded tanks it was such a tight fit that i would pour the epoxy in like i normally would and and then i would follow it with the knife and try to get the tang in there and because it was such a tight fit the hydraulic pressure was not allowing me to get the knife all the way in. And so what I've started doing again with those modified sawzall blades is cutting little channels on either on the wide side of the tang. And it, it doesn't affect the fit up, but it allows that epoxy somewhere to rise up through as you're pushing that knife down into the, into the tang slot. And yeah, it just gives it a place to go. But you know, I've seen people uh, who were clamping up, and the hydraulic pressure was so much, and it was like on a beautiful burl wood or something like that. And this is something that kind of happens sometimes with burls, is that it actually blew out the handle, and they actually, I think it was actually unfortunately it was our friend Jordan Lamote, he blew out the handle trying to put it on because the hydraulic pressure was too much, uh, and it. It like blew a, a big old crack in it and he had to scrap it and start over on that handle. Uh, and I actually had that also same thing happen to me. And after already struggling and having issues before and that one finally cracking, I was like, I either I'm going to stop doing this or I need to figure something out. And I realized if I just cut a little channel in there for the epoxy to release, then it would be good to go. So, so you're putting it, you're cutting a channel in the, in the handle, not the tank in the handle yeah and it's only it's you know i'm not all over the place it's literally only the width of the of the sawzall blade which is like what a 16th of an inch um and and that little bit allows again it just allows somewhere for that epoxy to to ooze out um otherwise you will come up against that hydraulic pressure issue i know exactly what you're talking about it's almost like it's floating so you push yeah. it down and it just wants to come right and back it out pushes right back up yeah yeah. Fucking good one. Ain't gonna get much better than that. That's a fucking good one. I was gonna throw dude that, <laughs> My that, that explanation that, that, in the first half sucked. Dude, no, <laughs> the explanation was good. No, you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent no, that was great. That hydraulic pressure, I always knew it happened, but I didn't have an I didn't ex, I couldn't explain it or you couldn't I didn't have a no word for it. But that's that's a perfect. Perfect. That's probably a perfect way to end. We hit all of our spots, right? Yeah, even heat soul ceramics, combat braces, and Dossi USA Trojans. Guys, we're going to see you next week with calls. So if you want to go to follow us on Instagram, 
Um, this is a, probably Craig throwing that. What tell tell Brian to tell us what to do. You heard it right there. So follow us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast. Don't follow the motherfuckers who are making. Uh, they're playing. It, they're, it's too. You're fine. You're fine. Don't. You're confusing our listeners, which annoys me. I didn't want to. I had to apologize to two people today, and I don't want to have to apologize to anybody anymore. So go follow Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and then you can interact with the show. We can do calls. It's gonna be fun. And then last thing is is next week. Saturday uh, is going to be a live show. So that's Saturday the 24th, I think. Yeah, 24th. It's going to be a lot. Is it the 24th? I don't think it's. Yeah. What is the Dam of Steel thing? It's 24th? It's the 24th. Dam of Steel yeah. is doing the Chef Knife Invitational. Saturday, I think it's the 24th. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Am I getting my. You're 100% correct. Uh, I guess. Dam of Steel is doing an invitation. I'm telling you, you're right. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So Damasil Invitational is going to have their invitation. You can buy tickets. Go to um, Damasil. Uh, go to their website. Go to their Instagram page. Get tickets. And there will be other people like Mertansu and Salem Straub and Camacho Knives and um, Quentin Middleton and uh, John Phillips and just a pile of people that we know. And they're going to be putting their knife, Matt Parkinson, there's a pile of people. And then they're going to have booths. And then you're going to be able to interact with the people virtually. So you get your tickets there, and then we'll be doing a live show. So it's going to be Saturday, and it's going to be 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, and you can interact with the show. You could probably, if you want to just listen live, you could probably just listen. We're going to do a show. It's going to be a three-hour show. Uh, you could probably listen live. You can fuck around, ask a question. But you got to buy tickets. It ain't free. So you got to buy tickets and then uh, get involved. So uh, Damn Steel Invitational, that'll be next week. We're going to do – what we'll do is we're going to do the Friday show next Friday. We're going to have a call-in show. The Saturday will be – we'll f- use it for the following week. We'll record it and we'll play that back. And, you know, if you come on the show, show we'll, we'll you'll, you know, say something to say. So with that said, guys, thank you for putting up with us. Craig will be back next week, God willing. And um, that's about it. Take us away, Craig. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. There you go. Oh, wait, we're not using that one anymore, are we? No, (laughs) Derek from Malden's using that from now on. Derek from Malden is, (laughs) our buddy Derek from Malden is using, I'm getting all these messages saying, Derek from Malden's using the old Knife Talk theme song. He's still using it, so. That's funny. That's fun. Well, I wish I, you know, here's the funny thing. And, and, you know, this is now it's no secret. This is the after show. This is where we're just like, we don't have shit in front of us. We got, we did all our spots. We're just kind of like, yeah, poor Ben, poor Ben was oh so fired up. We were going to have Ben on. And the reason what? why I called Ben up is because he's been on full blast a couple times. He's got the mic. He knows how to set it up. He's got everything squared away and he's willing and he's funny and I, and he's great. And I was so fired up for him to come on and he's fast. And he said, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like getting guests on can be such a production. If somebody, if I know somebody can get set up easily and they want to do it, it's easy. He was so upset. It, he, the look yeah. on his face when we were trying to do sound check and his lag was a minute behind. He was, his like steam was coming through his ears and then can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? It was like <laughs> fucking, it was, I felt terrible for him. We had to, 
he was cool and we'll get him on. Yeah, no, it was, it was nuts. I've never, you know, we've experienced delays obviously. Uh, and sometimes as, as much as like maybe 10 or 20 seconds, but it was a literal minute. Like you had had to call, you had to call him to talk to him because the delay was so bad. And then even after you hung up, we were still hearing his responses to your phone call. (laughs) I've never in my life thought that there would be a delay, (laughs) a minute long delay. That was like crazy. And he was standing there just, you know, and he was asking me, answering a question from like a minute ago. It was like, I felt terrible for him, but uh, he's a good dude. Hold on a second. I'm looking at the Damasteel thing right now. Go ahead. Right here on their page uh, where you can get tickets. It says, get your free ticket today. When is that? Join from a compatible browser. And... Yeah, so it looks like it's free to attend. You can register and attend the thing for free. Uh, here, I'll I'll shoot you the. I'm I'm on it right now. Uh, tickets. Uh, well, people, if it's free, people will figure it out. Uh, I don't know where you get Hopefully. it for free though. I don't know. Well, I mean, it just free. like right there, it says get tickets at the bottom. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Dude, it is going to be Anyways. so wild. It's going to be so wild. It could be a fucking madhouse. We'll see. And I know it's going to be fun or interesting or whatever, either way. I think it's going to be fun. I think we all, yeah. luckily, I've been doing research on a lot of the uh, people. A lot of the uh, people just so we have like a, we're not going to be able to do long form interviews, but we're at least going to be able to kind of differentiate everybody. Um, and sure. luckily for us, we know most of these guys. So, you know, like Isaiah Schroeder and, and Mert and Salem and Josh Prince and we and Mark Weinstock, we kind of know them. So yeah. hopefully we'll be able to kind of like have something fun. And, and they're going to be, you know, it's going to be, this isn't, this isn't going to be optimal listening because these guys are also like, they probably don't want to do this. I mean, I can't imagine wanting to be, I can't imagine wanting to do it. Be honest with you. Like, you know, I don't know. I, it'll be fun. I kind of, I, you know, I was thinking about it and, uh, because we're going to also interview Tyler Florence. Uh, and I'm not going to bring up that we both worked for Charlie Palmer. I was thinking about it cause he actually was the chef at the restaurant. I was the manager for, I was the manager for a restaurant called Alva with Tony and my buddy Scotty. Oh yeah. And before it was Alva and I have the Alva sign in my shop before it was, and that was Charlie's place. And before it was Alva, it was a place called the chef and Cuisinaires club. And it was basically Charlie wanted to come up with an after hours place for cooks and chefs to hang out. So like when Tyler was the chef there, it was a small, it's a tiny kitchen. And it was like fifty seats in a nice bar. It was like a it was like a very not very Charlie Palmer restaurant. It was like a it was like a dive. It wasn't a dive, but it was like dark and it was it was a fun New York place. And that's yeah. where all the chef. Ah, you know what? Fuck it. I got a story for you about Alva. I'm not going to talk to. I'm not going to bring up. It would be very narcissistic for me to kind of like hork the interview by talking to Tyler Florence <laughs> about um, about. You know, we both work together. We go to the Christmas party. I never met him. I don't know anything about him. I don't know half the cooks who know him. But uh, yeah. he, you know, I'm not. But it's. It reminds me of a story to Alva, and I'm gonna tell this story because. How bad? I mean, Mario Batali ain't listening to this show, right? Back no. in the day, back in the day, Mario Batali 
who is a, you know, he's this, he's this, he's run out of the business now because he was touch he's touching everybody he's sexually assaulting people i don't know if he's sexually assaulting people but he basically created toxic work environment to the extreme but considered one of the greatest chefs in new york no question babo poe uh his restaurants he kind of led the italian food revolution in new york in the yeah. early 2000s late 90s early 2000s he had a great show called molto barrio he was aw- i mean he was awesome he came to alva one night with a with a friend of his he got fucking obliterated and he hit on everything in that he hit on the, my friend the chef's aunt sure. was in for dinner. Oh he God. hit on my the chef's aunt. He hit on the sous, well, the sous chef from this other restaurant showed up with his fiance and he wanted to introduce himself. Oh, Mr. you know, he's the sous chef of this restaurant. He wanted to, you know, ingratiate himself. Oh, chef, it's such an honor to meet you. Mario was all over the guy's fiance. It was like it was oh, so wow. we were just like he was you know, he may or may not have been going to the bathroom for some reason or not. Who knows? But I mean, it's not, it's not a, you know, I'm not telling stories out of school. I think he might've been doing a couple bumps, whatever. He was like, he was, that's he, cocaine he drank for a, all the kids, by the way, he drank a pile of stuff and he would grab it every, I mean, he was grabbing everybody. It was just like, and the funny thing was I was, I talked to my dad the next day because my dad was close with the father-in-law, his mm. father-in-law who ran coach farms cheese. And, um, I told him my dad, I was like, dude, Mario's a, he, he, a piece of work. And my dad said, what do you mean? I'm like, he was like, he was all, he was hitting on every single person in that place. If you were not a man, you were getting, you getting, you getting grabbed. It was shocking, but that was my only, it was a very disillusioned thing. And now he's like run out of the business. Nobody wants anything. He can't, he can't do a thing. He had to get rid of, you know, he, he's gotten rid of out of all of his things because he's just, such, you know, the stories about him are so terrible. Yeah. Back to that has nothing to do with that has nothing to do with Tyler Forbes, but I, I just all of a sudden it dawned on me. I was just like, I, I've been wanting to tell that Mario Tali story for a while. Yeah, you no know, one believed me back before he was like, you know, when he was considered one of the greatest of all times. He's, you know, he's on his show with Gwyneth Paltrow fruiting around Italy, and I'm just like, I saw this guy firsthand. He is terrible. So, yeah, but it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to Dam of Steel. We're gonna have some fun, and um, you know. It'll be, it could, you're right. It could be a total shit house, but I think we'll have some fun. Yeah. You know, know, something I've seen or not seen, but heard on other podcasts or, or, or other shows when they do kind of like, uh, at an event kind of thing. Like when I listen to food podcasts and they're like the, the South beach food and wine festival or something like that. Right. Everybody's busy as hell running around, like with chickens, with their head cut off, they're drinking, they're eating food, talking to everybody. And so instead of trying to get an interview, they did like three questions and everybody, like anybody they came up to, like whoever these celebrity personalities for us, it would be obviously the makers at the show. You know, they just had three flat questions that they asked everybody and it weren't didn't even necessarily have to do with food like it was just like very random questions like you know what was I like your first idea. dog's your your first pet's name or like <laughs> almost like yeah like Something password security <laughs> password security oh, yeah, questions yeah. yeah that's funny that's funny <laughs> we could that could be it it'd be the password security question quiz or uh interview yeah so, uh, then no one's gonna be nervous about that I, we I, craig <laughs> mentioned that one of the people is a, one of the contestants is a little bit nervous to talk to us and you know once again uh, you know we're gonna just have some oh, fun yeah. I, 
I was kind of hoping to kind of at one point I was thinking we could do it like a the way they do like a UFC fight because they are competing for these positions and I was just thinking mm, yeah, you know sure. it would be funny to have like fight cards on everybody and here comes you know Quentin Middleton you know paling from South Carolina and he's blah, blah, blah. it would be funny to kind of like treat it like a um treat it like a sporting event for some reason my broadcasting like brain was just like that would be really funny but it's just like what else you gotta do? I mean, you out of your fucking mind. So, right. All right. So what else? What do you got? What do you got cooking for the weekend? Oh man. Um. Well. Uh. What is it? Oh, actually. So this. So what is it? Today's Friday. I'm getting together with my brothers-in-law. Um. And we kind of hang out every once in a while and just have a dude's night because we all have our families. We all live in the same town and uh, we, we get along well, but, you know, we're so busy with our own families. Right. We we hardly ever get to hang out. And um, so every once in a while we get together, we cook some food, we drink a little bit too much, watch some movies, whatever. Um, tonight, I've been craving Philly cheesesteak sandwiches for a long time now. You're it's been a long time me. since you're I had me. a Philly cheesesteak. I know. You're uh, not doing the bread and the I'm cheese. Not the you're not eating I'm snacks. You're not doing, doing nothing. You're not doing beer. Down, you're not doing booze. I do have a Perrier <laughs> ready to go. I'm going to get home. and I'm, I'm waiting for that Perrier. <laughs> Pathetic. That perfect. Do you do you hold it up to your ear as you untwist the cap and it <laughs> no, but I chug up. it like a Heineken. Thank God it's a green <laughs> bottle, like a Heineken. On my mind, I'm like pretending it's a Heineken. You know, you should just right. get some O'Doul's. Like I that. can't do that's I can't do that. Either. I gotta do like I gotta do less than O'Doul's. I'm not that crazy. I'm, I'm actually not doing so bad, right? So you guys gonna have a Philly cheesesteak tonight? Yeah. So we're I'm I'm gonna be doing the the, the cooking. My my brother-in-law has this. They just bought a new uh, place, and it came with a giant, beautiful gas grill things like practically brand new and he has a big old cast iron griddle so we're gonna throw that on the grill Damn. and uh, i'm gonna do the phillies kind of like how i used to cook in restaurants and just you know philly's a simple sandwich um but i've just i've been craving one so fucking bad lately so yeah it's gonna have you know i think the traditional philly is just steak and wit or a cheese whiz i almost just said whiz um because that's what they say. But we're going to do onions. Yeah. You know, sometimes they do onions. Sometimes they do mushrooms. Sometimes they do peppers. So we're going to do onions and peppers. Uh, I, I made a uh, – last night we did tacos. So I took the leftover taco stuff and made a like a five-layer dip. We're going to eat some chips and dip. We got plenty Damn. of beers, plenty of booze. Fuck. We got plenty of shit to talk. You know? God, that's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be good. Last last time, actually, <laughs> I apparently my brother-in-law had already planned that, you know, anticipated that it was going to go late into the night. We're going to be a little too drunk to drive home where everybody's going to crash. I didn't know how deep we we're going to get. And I didn't say anything to my wife. And then I don't come home. And at four o'clock in the morning, she's texting her brother asking where the fuck I'm at. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oops, no, I fucked up. <laughs> oh, Jesus so, Christ. So this time. We're kind of taking that into account. Plus, I'm getting my uh, my second shot, right? We talked right. about that earlier. So I'm getting my second shot. I think I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna have to dial it back, uh, yeah, at I least when it comes to the, the to the drinking. And um, you know, I usually don't I don't get I hardly ever drink anymore. So it's like it's terrible, or I guess it's not terrible. But you know, back in the day, I you know you 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 could throw them back like crazy. Now I'm like two drinks in i'm feeling it pretty good and i'm like you know what i don't really need to go farther than this and maybe I'll, I'll re-up a couple hours later but after that it's like by the end of the night it's, 
I'm three drinks in. I'm I'm ready for bed. <laughs> My wife and I have haven't had a drink in a month, and we sure. wake up in the morning and we both turn around to each other and say, "How do you feel?" And she says, "I don't feel any different than if I've drank." We both still we still have headaches. So I was just like, she's like, "I don't right. feel any better not drinking." To be honest with you, I was like, "I don't feel any different. I don't feel any different." We're all like, "Maybe we should." We're both gonna no, swear away, but uh, I'm looking forward. <laughs> the only thing I'm looking for, I'm gonna go. So my sister had a dinner art show up in Woodstock. We're gonna go check out tomorrow. I'm mm, looking cool. forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to watching the uh, the next episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus. I'm hooked. Mm, I'm hooked on to that one. Nice. That's a good one. If you got Disney Plus, do the guy. Pl- the guy who plays uh, the Falcon is great, and sure. the guy who plays Bucky is great too. And there's like, you know, it's fun. If you're an old comic book guy, it's 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 actually pretty good, for sure. You know, I actually I know I'm late to the game with this one, but my wife and I have been burning through the Mandalorian, and it's really oh. good. And it's what's hilarious is like the baby Yoda is a fucking ugly little thing, but the whole time I'm just like, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, so are you on stupid. season one or season two? We just finished season one. We're like two oh. episodes into season two. You're psyched, dude. You are yeah. psyched. That, that's now you're dude. hitting the fucking. You're hitting. You're hitting the. You're hitting. Oh my god! I'm so jealous because yeah, like, with this. Oh, I'm not know. gonna. I'm not gonna spoil anything. But like spoil. after the, I think I think third to the end, it's fucking dynamite. Sure. It's a fucking awesome show. The second okay. season blows the doors off the first season. Dude, the the end credit artwork is fucking nuts. Oh, it's so intense. The the first couple episodes, we I skipped past. I was like, uh, oh, end credits. Who gives a shit? I'm gonna and tell then, you who uh, the guy is too. The you third follow one. Him on Instagram. I don't. But like the third or fourth episode, like my wife is going to make some popcorn or get a glass of wine or something. So I just let him roll because we had time. And I was looking. I was like, oh my god, it is so it is so intense. Like the the amount of detail in the, the the artwork for what looks like basically like storyboarding i'm um, trying to f- i follow him on instagram it's freaking i'm gonna it's try be- to I mean, find him real quick yeah i his, it's i'm just give me a second i think i can find him it's uh um i feel like it's mattias oh my it's um i think i got it uh Matias? nope it's like it was i thought it was matt something or other uh fuck i feel terrible because I, I know exactly you're talking about it's uh shit it's the storyboard guy for the mandalorian is he's awesome he is totally yeah. awesome god i fucking hate myself for not being Google able to find that. it i should story he's, he's got a great i sent him a nice <laughs> message and he um i sent him a nice message and i don't remember who the storyboard guy from mandalorian is but he that that dude is fucking awesome yeah. um yeah that's cool yeah, well, don't skip Vision, WandaVision. That sucks. I know everybody says, okay. I suck. Fuck that shit. But uh, Bucky and uh, uh, Bu- Bucky and the Falcon is fucking good. Super okay. good. I'll I think we've done out. enough, don't you? I think we've done enough, yeah, right? I think we did it. Craig, thank you very much for <laughs> trusting us. We're looking forward to having you back. We hit all our spots. We did everything. All right, so this is it. All right, guys. Mareko, we'll see you next week.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 